Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally, and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. don't know me. My name's Robin. I'm a pastor of the church here in Murray Bridge. It's my joy and privilege to be part of the team here and um, to serve God in this house. And this morning, um, I'd like to bring a message from the book of John I want to speak from. And my message is how great is the Father's love. So, and a lot of us will know this scripture. I'm reading from John 3:16 through to 18. So you can read out loud with me if you want to. I'm reading from the New King James Version up on the screen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I declare, Lord, the truth of your word in this house, in our lives, over our hearts, over our families, our community. We speak your word this morning, Lord God. Father, I just declare in this house that every word from Genesis through to Revelation is your truth and it's your revelation to us, Father God, through the blood of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, as I bring this word this morning, you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer, that you, Father, would speak through me. Lord, for those who are seated here and those who are online, that you would touch, Lord, every heart right at each point of need this morning. Lord, that my words would not be heard, but your words through me. Father, I just declare my total dependence upon you, that you are my God, my King, my Lord. And Father, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour, because Lord, it's all about you and your incredible love. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. This chapter, chapter 3, starts off uh, with Nicodemus having a discussion with with the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, Nicodemus, as you know or may not know, was a Pharisee, a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was a member of the Jewish ruling council. And he comes to Jesus and he comes under cover of night because he recognises the the authority of Jesus, the rabbi, and he says to him, he comes at night so that he's not exposing Jesus to anyone by questioning his words. And he said, he says to him earlier in the, in the in chapter three, you know, how is it that you're doing miracles? No one can do miracles except that they are they're from God. And so then Jesus begins to talk about the fact that you know no one can see God unless they're born again, and 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 that it's not born of a natural birth, it's not born of a, the will of a father, but it's born by the Spirit of God. And then he finishes this little um, excerpt with uh, these scriptures: "For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." And I really want to look at that 
this in depth this morning. God's been really speaking to me about his incredible love, his powerful love, his all-encompassing love, his merciful love, his gracious love, and the, the love that comes from the Father that it's not of a human love. It's not, it's not able to be lost. It's not able to be dissipated. It's as we turn full into the, the side of the Father and look at the Father through the, the sacrifice of Jesus, we can receive that incredible love that he has for us. And so often we look in the world and you think about what we see, what, what sometimes shows itself as love and it's, it's not always exactly how it needs to be because we see tragedies in the world. We see, you know, where was God in this tragedy and what happened that this, this God that you believe in, that he would allow this to happen and, you know, where, where's God in these things? And so depending on what circle you're moving in, there's so many voices that can scream against you and against God and, you know, even, even you know, declaring how can God be real when this world is in such a mess? And we look at Jesus and we know as believers, we know that this world is not perfect, but we serve a God who is perfect, a saviour, who is just the most incredible saviour and the only saviour that can ever pay the price for our sin. And so sometimes our expectations are not up to what God would have us believe about him. So John 3, 5, verses 3 to 15, he talks about being born again. And Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And so we understand that it's in being born again and committing your life to Jesus that we can begin to see the Father for who he really is. And it's also, he also talks later in the chapter about unless Jesus is lifted up on that cross, no one will see because if, if Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And that's incredible. And that's the testimony that Jesus came to die, to pay the price for us, to live a sinless life and pay a price that not any one of us could pay because there's all of us are sinners. Every single one of us on this earth is, sin, is a sinner and we're saved by the grace of God. And it's God's grace that he pours out on us and it's just such an amazing grace. And this good news, this is the gospel that we are born again because of what Jesus has done for us. We're born again by the Spirit of God. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is good news. That is the greatest news that we will ever hear. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves that this is the great news. This is the best news ever. And no matter what is happening in your world at this time and how imperfect things are looking in your own circumstances, God is perfect. And as we draw nigh to God, he draws nigh to us and he gives us what we need to navigate the path that we need to walk on in this life that we're living. You see, God loves us. And you hear that 
uh, thrown around in, in the life of the church. God loves you. God loves you. Yes, he loves you. But he doesn't love you with a, with a finite love. He doesn't love you with a human love or with a brotherly love. He loves you with a God love, a divine love, an all-encompassing love. Our concept of love is kind of messed up in this world. And so if we've not been able to receive love even from our natural parents the way that God wants us to receive it, or if we don't receive love, we can't can't give love the way God wants us to. But God's love for us is incredible, absolutely outstanding. But we bring him down to our concept, our human level. Love in a worldly sense can have an agenda. You know, what's in it for me? It makes me feel good. I want to make you feel good so you make me feel good. But God's love has no agenda. God so loved the world. He so loved the world. That's everyone that has ever lived, is living now and ever will live. God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Sometimes, you know, we don't always understand why things happen, but we trust in the divine nature of God as believers. And sometimes we don't know the beginning from the end and everything in between, but God does. And our belief system of God can be built around the relationship or lack of relationship that we've had, as I said, from our parents as well. And so, so often we can bring God down to our level. And how do we do that? By doubting him, by not trusting him, by telling him how he should do things, maybe by ignoring him, by rejecting him sometimes. And by denying his very existence or his capacity to break through and do the impossible in situations that in the natural are totally impossible. But these are all human characteristics. They're all human things and attitudes that we can live with. All the while, God wants to bring change into our life and bring that fresh revelation into our life about how incredible God is and how wonderful he is and how loving he is. But when we live applying our concept and our understanding of love to God, we limit our own life and we limit what God can do in our own life by that because it's unbelief, because we don't really understand how incredible our God is. You know, it can affect all the things it's like a lens that we put on our eyes. We see through the eyes of humanity. But the word says in Ephesians chapter 2, we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus our Lord. And when we're seated with heavenly, in heavenly places, we are above those circumstances. We're looking down on them. We're getting the God perspective on those circumstances. And when we begin to embrace this God love and this God power in our life, and it's not for an agenda that is ours, it's for an agenda that God wants to work through us to make the best us that he can. See, God's agenda is pure love, pure divine agape love, pure unadulterated love, pure love that flows 
flows from heaven, that flows and flowed through the cross when Jesus died on that cross for us, that that blood of Jesus that was shed for us was shed so that we would not have to die a death and go to hell. We wouldn't have to die as sinners. We're all sinners saved by grace. And the book of Romans says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, every single one of us. So we've got no right to look at our brother or sister and point the finger at them because there but for the grace of God was I. I was a sinner. I am a sinner, but I have been saved by grace. And the life I now live, and we can all say this, we live by faith in the Son of God who loves us and died for us and has given us his spirit so that we can live in victory and we can live in power with him. What a glorious saviour. What a wonderful God. What a magnificent God and what incredible love this is that we can partake of the very nature of God, that God part on the inside of us so that we can live in that life of victory. Isn't that good news? He is good. He is good. But do you know how loved you are? Do you know? Turn to the person next to you and say, you are loved. You are loved, Sheena. (laughs) You are loved. God so loved. You are accepted in the beloved. You are fearfully and wondrously made. You are all that God wants you to be and you are becoming all that God has for you to be because as we lift our eyes to Jesus, no matter what our circumstances are dictating, no matter how we're feeling, we can see the love that the Father has for us through the shed blood of Jesus on that cross. And we talk about the cross of Jesus at Bridge City Church and we talk about the sacrifice that he made for us and we celebrate communion every week and we declare that we do this, take of the bread, take of the wine and declare that we do it because the price has been paid and we also declare that we do it until he's coming back again because Jesus is coming back again and he's coming back for his church and that's an amazing thing, isn't it? But you are so loved and you are so accepted in the beloved. Jeremiah, I'm getting a bit excited, is that all right? (laughs) Human love is not simply a component of life, but love is an intent. Love is a purpose. Love causes thoughts and words and acts of everyday life. Love is a motivator and love is a deterrent. Love will compel us to beautiful acts and love will deter us from doing things which could destroy us and those we love. That's human love. How much more? God's love. Jeremiah 31, 33. Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Isn't that amazing? It's God speaking to Israel. But that's come through into the New Testament through Jesus. An everlasting love is one that lasts for all eternity, for all eternity. 1 John 3, 1 in the NIV, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God 
And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Many, many, we, how do I even say this? We've got to exchange our human and frail and imperfect love for the divine love that the Father wants to shed and pour upon us daily, sometimes hourly, sometimes minute by minute, Lord. It's coming into that place, that secret place of the Most High God and saying, Lord, I love you. And you know, when you come into prayer and when you take time to give the Father the first part of your day and say, Lord, I love you. Use me for your glory. When you say, Lord, I love you, listen, listen. Take the time to feel the love of God that he wants to pour into your heart and bless you. You are precious in his sight. You are amazing because God has made you and God doesn't make any junk can I say, turn to your neighbour and say, you're not junk. <laughs> and there's no mistakes. If you're born, you're here at the will of the Father. There is no mistake in God. There is no mistake in God. 2 Corinthians 5.14 says, For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he, that's Jesus, died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. The love of God compels me. And that's the motivator that we should have when we uh, uh, embrace that love of God and, and understand how accepted we are and understand how precious we are, that that love should compel us to reach out. And that chapter goes on and it talks about reaching others for Jesus, being ministers of reconciliation. And we can't do that in our own love. We've got to do it in God's love. Because you think, you know, you think I've got no purpose in life? Yes, you have. God has a plan for your life. God has set a plan in, in your life for you from the foundation of time before you were even conceived. You were in the Father. You were with the Father. And then you came to be conceived in your mother's womb and you were born. And God has a purpose for your life and God has a plan for your life. And you may not be seeing it outworked at this point in time, but hold this space because as you press into God and as you walk in obedience to Him and as you love him and you love his church and you love the lost, you'll see that outpouring of his spirit at work in you because that love of God will compel you to press on and to press in because God has great things for his people always, 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 always. Say always. Always, he has great things. And you may be in a season where you're not feeling like things are very great, but guess what? There's five days of winter left. And the season is changing. Friday is the first day of spring. And as it is in the natural, so it is in the spirit. We go through times of hardship and times of frost and times of doubt and times where we want to bunker down and not get out of our bed in the morning. And then guess what? God says, there's going to be a new season. 
and spring is on its way, people. And spring is the promise of fruit. The blossom comes, the leaves comes, come, and the, the, the fruit that has formed through that harsh winter, through the cold of winter that is in the bud is about to spring forth. And it's the same in the spirit for each one of us. You might have been in that winter time and feel like everything that you've put your hand to has not produced fruit. I can tell you right now, your season is changing. But the key is to get back into God and get deeper into God and let that love of God just flow over you and fill you and energise you and take you onwards and forwards into all he has for you because there's a lost world out there. And we're it, people. All God's believers are his solution for this world. Throughout the city of Murray Bridge, everyone who preaches and believes the name of Jesus, throughout this state of South Australia, in Australia, throughout the whole of the world, the church, the kingdom of God is about proclaiming Jesus Christ as Saviour and as Lord and the hope that he has for each one of us as we receive that incredible sacrifice and his love. That whoever, whoever believes in him, that's whoever has ever lived and is living and will live, and I've already said that, that whosoever would believe in him will not perish but have eternal life. Another version says everlasting life. And even though we may die in the natural, maybe there are things that we don't understand. We have everlasting life when we're in Christ Jesus from the moment that we say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you died in my place, that your blood was shed for me. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash me and cleanse me. I give my life to you. In exchange for my life, I take on you. I ask Jesus into my heart. From that moment, our eternal life begins. You see, we get to choose people whether we spend eternity with God in heaven and all our loved ones who've gone before us in Christ or if we reject him, we don't get to spend eternity in heaven but there's a place that's prepared and it was never prepared for humanity it was prepared for the angels that fell in rebellion and we should never be going there and that's why there's a passion in this church to preach the gospel of Jesus and preach salvation and preach hope so that no one goes to a Christless eternity and time is short time is short that's why I get so passionate about Jesus because I want all to know the hope that we have in him and the love, that love that we have. And even though life is not perfect, my Lord is perfect. He is wonderful. He is incredible. And he made that once for all sacrifice for us. So when we receive Jesus, we're delivered from out of the, bow, the, the, the bowels of hell and brought into that precious place of everlasting life and eternity with him. Romans 10, 9 to 10. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes. We don't believe in our head. 
That's just logic. We believe in our heart. With the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We're not condemned when we receive Jesus. We're saved. We have life. We have life. So often we can limit the power of God. You might just see Jesus as the baby in the manger at Christmas time. Or we see the Jesus on the cross at Easter. But we forget to bring it through into the eternity because that baby in the manger came to die for us and he died that death on the cross and he did not stay on the cross. Death could not hold him down. He is risen. He is the risen Lord. He is the risen Saviour and he's coming back for his church. And this is an amazing thing because if we still have Jesus on the cross, then he hasn't gone down to death and hell and hasn't taken the keys and hasn't had that victory. But he did that for us. He went down, he took the keys and he gathered them up and he came and he's led captivity into, into heaven with him so that we can know that no matter what happens in this life, if Jesus is in our heart, we've got life, we've got hope, we have God, we have truth, we have his love and we have got something to shout about. It's incredible because he's incredible. You know what? Whatever our past has been, when you receive Jesus, you may have been disqualified in the past because you've been way off, way out. But God still loved you when, you were, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins. God still loved us. He loved us. He loved me. <laughs> On the day that I chose to take my own life, he loved me so much that he had that mercy on me. He reached down from on high and plucked me up. And I said, Jesus, God, if you're real, if you're there, take my life. I am nothing. And none of us are anything without God. God doesn't have favourites. So if you feel like you've been so far away, or God can't forgive me for what I've done, Yes, he can, because Jesus came for that very purpose, to take on himself the sin of the world. I've been in Leviticus this week, and I was reading how they took the goat into the temple and the priests laid their hands on the goat, and all the sins of Israel and the people were placed on that goat, and they sent that goat out into the wilderness, and that was how they dealt with the sin of the nation in those days. And that goat was called a scapegoat. That's where the term scapegoat came from. But we had a perfect, I'm spitting here, sinless son of God, a lamb of God, a lamb without spot or blemish that God sent to pay that price for us. What love has the Father for us that he would do that? And what a saviour. What a saviour, the sinless son of God, lamb of God, who paid that price for us. It, it just moves me. You're not disqualified. Call upon the name of Jesus and he brings you into that deep relationship with him day by day, deeper and deeper. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. 
So when we commit our ways to him, whatever is ahead, we may have some big uncertainties about what the future looks like. Commit your ways to God. Commit your works to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. When we commit our plans to God, he establishes our thoughts. He gives us peace in our mind. Proverbs 16.3. Commit your plans to him and he makes them peaceful and established. And as you commit them to him, if they're not of him, you won't have that peace and your thoughts will not be established. But as you adjust, Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Commit those works to him and we could go on and go on and on. But God will always provide for you. God will supply everything that we need when we're in his will. So trust in the Lord with all your heart. So today... You may be here for the first time. You may be a mature believer. You may be a young believer. But wherever you are, you need to know today, you are loved. You are so loved by God. God has a plan for your life. You are forgiven. And when we see that love and receive that love, our inability to receive love in the natural becomes a divine exchange as we say, Lord, I love you. And he begins to pour that love on us. And the more we receive, we self-accept and then we can begin to shed that love abroad wherever we go. And that love of God will compel us. Doesn't make us perfect. means we're forgiven. Wonderful Saviour. Have you had enough? <laughs> As we come to Jesus today, I'm going to open the altar shortly. And Scripture that springs to mind is, <laughs> therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become brand new. And it's maybe it's time for us to say, I'm leaving behind the old things that have shackled me in exchange for the new things that you have for me, Lord, the things that I've discounted, the things that I've not believed you for, where I've had an inability to receive your love and as a result of that have not been able to give out of that divine love to those around me maybe it's time today for that exchange to take place maybe it's time to forgive yourself because we are we're not perfect And sometimes our state of unforgiveness for ourselves can be the very barrier that prevents us from entering into all that God has for us. Just me? But in all things, my prayer for you today is that you would know the extent, the height, 
and the breadth and the depth and the length of the love of God and the glorious future he's prepared for you, we cannot conceive. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So let's pray today. Father God, we thank you today for the power of your word. We thank you today for this scripture, Lord God, that your word, Father God, as you've sent it, Father, I pray that it will accomplish what you've sent it to do. I pray, Father God, for a fresh revelation for everyone in this place and those online of the love of God, not just a, a, a smidgen. <laughs> But God, as we open our hearts to you today, Father, pour your love upon us. We ask, Lord, we're ready to receive that love so that it can flow through us, Lord God. That we would, Lord God, be bearers of your light and your love wherever we go so that we can make a difference in our world, so that we can speak Jesus, we can live Jesus, we can walk Jesus wherever we go, that the light and the fragrance of Christ in us, the hope of glory, would fall upon everyone that we come into contact with. I pray today, Father God, for salvation for those who have not yet said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Saviour. I acknowledge you today. If that's you, and you've not prayed this prayer, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. But in your heart now, as you reach out, say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to be my saviour, to be my Lord. I acknowledge that you died in my place, that your sinless blood was shed for me. Take my life and use me for your glory. I hand over my life to you, Father God, and acknowledge you not just as Saviour, but as Lord and as God and King. And I ask you, Lord God, to build me from the inside out the way you had planned my life to be in Jesus' name. If that's you and you've prayed that prayer for the first time today, please let us know and we can help you with a, with a Bible and some resource to keep you going. But for those of us who've walked with God, I pray, Lord God, that we can exchange the winter in our life for a new season of life in you and fruit-bearing in you, Father God. I pray, Father God, that as we have that fresh revelation of your love today and the, the price that was paid for us, that we might have eternal life with you, God, that it, the love of God will compel us to walk in the path that you have for us, Lord, not looking to the right or the left, but keeping our eyes on Jesus as we follow after you in everything that you have for us, Lord God. You're a good God. You're a gracious God. Lord, be magnified in and through our lives, through our church, into our community and beyond. Father, we just thank you that in our human and finite way, we cannot, we cannot completely comprehend how great is your love. But Lord, we want to learn. <laughs> we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we say thank you, Lord, in Jesus' most precious name. And everyone said, Amen.
Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.